0: On the virtual Bible study tonight we want to talk about growing spiritually and maintaining spiritual health. Yeah, uh, these are tough times, Jacob, uh, and so uh,
1: we've been expressing the fact we're concerned that especially some who maybe are were already weak in the faith may be very seriously harmed in in the process of what we're going through right now. So it's it's a worthy thing to talk about how can we personally and even In regards to helping others, how can we cultivate spiritual growth in these times of crisis? Important
0: discussion, and we're going to get started on it right now.
2: 831 381 Four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual
0: Bible Study. And we're back on the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad that you're here, and we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, this is the Virtual Bible Study for uh, Thursday, April thirtieth, 2020. Glad that you're listening. Look forward to your comments at 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. And to join in the chat room to chat with other listeners. My Father Greg Gwynn is here with me tonight, Dad. Welcome. Jacob, it's
1: great to be back in the uh friendly confines of the Virtual Bible Study studio room. It is. Uh, I, w- I didn't realize, I, I was just, as we were updating everything, getting ready to roll tonight, And I was looking at our YouTube page, and I, I didn't realize we had done this remotely for three weeks while we were under a strict lockdown in Tennessee. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, I guess they say. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, our governor, really beginning today, has relaxed the lockdown restrictions, still urging people to maintain social distancing. And I think I'm six feet away from you. Yep. Uh, uh, and so uh, that gives us the privilege to be back together in the virtual Bible study room and we got
0: Kyle over hey, there to run, run the we're board. We're a little more connected to Kyle tonight. We were a little too hey, social hey, Kyle, distance from Kyle. Kyle, when
3: you're talking, you go, I can give it a 10-second delay. If you just give me a 10-second <laughs> delay on every time you ask me a question. Yeah, your your lips are moving when you talk now. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> um, glad that you glad to be with you tonight, Kyle. <laughs> it's always good to be. And, uh, well, uh, you know, we talked uh, about uh, this. You, you mentioned these are difficult times, and, and challenging times for us, uh, spiritually, I'm afraid, and uh, we can't uh, become negligent in uh, in maintaining spiritual health.
1: That's exactly right. I, uh, when this, when this is all said and done, and ultimately it will all be said and done, and and you know we'll be back to some sense of normalcy. What will really matter is whether we survived it spiritually. It won't mm-hmm. be ma- it won't even it. it, it our spiritual survival is far more critical than our physical survival if If we were to die because of this disease, that'd be a, that would pale in comparison to the p- potential of losing our souls because of this crisis and so uh, what, what do we do? What are some of the things that will help us personally and then also what are some of the things that we can urge others? Uh, 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 to do to to have not just maintenance, not just spiritual maintenance, but spiritual growth during the time of a crisis.
0: Yeah, because, you know, we we are not that uh, I don't know that any church is meeting as normal as uh, often as they had before and certainly uh, that there's I, I know some
1: congregations that are still meeting in their building because they 're small groups and, and maybe in rural areas and there's there 's not a strict lockdown being enforced in in those areas, uh, but even those places are you know it 's not like it was yeah. even in places like and and that 's the vast majority a vast minority the vast majority of churches have had to dramatically alter. Uh, their work and worship. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it at the end of the program as we encourage people about what we're doing here in college, at College View, but we're having one assembly a week versus what we would typically have Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and, uh, and Bible classes on Sunday
0: morning so, and worship. So and, we're down to one hour versus four.
1: Yeah. And, and it's out in the parking lot, uh, uh, because that's been what's required of us, to, uh, but that's been allowed, uh, in, in our state, uh, thankfully, and we've really been grateful to be able to do that. We're going to continue to do that for the, the, at least the near future, uh, to maintain distancing and to keep people feeling comfortable that they're not being exposed to the virus. But that is not, uh, uh, you know, the ideal situation. Even that is
0: not ideal. And a lot of churches haven't even been able to do that sort of thing. So we need to be concerned about our spiritual health in these important times. Guest 826 in the chat room says, I refreshed three times because I was anticipating a Zoom uh, virtual Bible study, not in the studio. My bad. You're glad your restrictions are lifting. Ours are not yet. So, yeah, nope. Uh, you, if you see us in the studio tonight, your eyes aren't playing tricks on you. You don't need to refresh. We're here. Yeah. And it's a lot better. I'm going to have to tell you. Yeah. It's a lot easier. Easier uh, to make this work, and the audio quality I hope
1: is a lot better than what we had the last three yeah. weeks. I yeah. know it will be when Kyle talks because Kyle lives out in the way out in the boonies, and and uh, his internet connection is real flaky.
0: Kyle, uh, are you still there? Kyle, can you hear us? <laughs> wait, wait, no, Kyle. I'm oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here. Okay, um,
1: so. Earlier today, we sent out some questions to our update list. We always remind you, get on our list. If you're not, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just say, add me to the list. And when you're on our list, you'll get our Thursday midday updates describing our discussion for that night and giving you some questions to be considering. Uh, here's the questions we sent out earlier today. Comment on these necessary ingredients for personal spiritual growth. And we mentioned... we. we Put on there, you got a desire to grow. You need to have proper spiritual nourishment. You need to exercise and practice your faith. You need time. It just takes time to grow spiritually. So, what, let's talk about in my life, if I'm going to grow, what, how do I need to be thinking in regards to these specific areas? Right, right. I get it. Okay. Okay. Number two, what can local churches do to help individuals in the above mentioned areas? And how do the limitations on meetings and assemblies impact these things? And then finally, number three, as various states and localities are beginning to reopen, how should churches proceed to get back to normal?
0: Okay. All right. Good. Uh, we'll look forward to hearing your thoughts. You can sign in with other and comment with other listeners in the chat room tonight. Lots of folks have signed in, lots more that can. Uh, if you get signed in there, you don't even have to use your real name uh, I let it assign you a name there, so you can uh, chat with other listeners on the program tonight. You know, you talked about necessary ingredients for uh, spiritual growth. You know, it's it's time to plant your garden. You know, and uh, a lot of people are probably thinking about that the, this time of year, and especially with things going on now, maybe you want to have a little garden out back. Um, well, you don't just go buy seed and voila, you got a garden. You got to cultivate that. You got to give it attention, and it doesn't stop once you put the seed in the ground. You've got to work through that. And that's what we're talking about here with spiritual growth. Is It's going to and you, be something that takes... You suggested
1: this topic, Jacob, and you used that word cultivate. And I think that's a, right. a really good parallel between a physical garden growing and spiritually growing. It's, it takes work and cultivation. I know when I was a kid, my mom put out... I know her garden was at least an acre and sometimes probably bigger because we had our garden out at my uncle's place. He had a farm and he let her have as much garden space as she wanted, and she wanted a lot. Um, My brother and I were the enforced laborers there in the garden, and it was work. It was lots of work, so much so that I don't enjoy gardening to this day, and I know you do, but I don't because I have unfond memories uh, of, of those childhood times, but Gardening is a lot of work. If you want it to grow, you've got to cultivate it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, we were thinking about planting some fruit trees a while back, and a, a friend of ours uh, who had, had some experience with that, he had some very wise advice. He says, don't ex- don't think that you're going to plant fruit trees and then go just go pick fruit off of it. You're going to have to work at it. And the same is true with us spiritually. Don't think you're going to bear fruit just because you might have a Bible on your on your coffee table, or you might... Go sit in a pew on Sunday morning. Yeah. Or you might listen to a, 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 a Bible podcast. Don't expect to have fruit unless you're going to work at it. And so we're going to look at that tonight. Okay. Let's let's start out, Jacob, by just emphasizing that
1: the Scriptures tell us that we need to grow and mature spiritually. That, that we are not uh, expected to just stay where we are, to maintain or to hold the status quo. In ephesians chapter four beginning verse fourteen ephesians four verse fourteen uh, Paul says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth and love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head Christ Jesus. So there's that expectation. We shouldn't stay as children. Obviously, everybody, when they first become Christians, they're even referred to in First Peter chapter 2 as babes in Christ, newborn babes. We're born again. Therefore, we're like newborn babies. But we are expected to grow and mature spiritually. And that needs to be a conscious mindset that we have, that I want to be a better Christian as time proceeds than I was in the past. And we ought to actually be able to look back uh, at uh, where where was I five years ago? What was my spiritual status five years ago? Am I improved at this point over what I was then? And if you personally can't see any improvement, uh, I seriously doubt that anybody else would be able to detect that in you. And certainly God knows whether you are growing or not. There's an expectation that you would grow.
0: There's a command. In fact, in Second Peter chapter three verse eighteen, where we read, "But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen." There's a command. You know, and, and I wouldn't look at um, commands, uh, other commands, uh, to train up my children or to love my wife or uh, to obey the laws of the land. I wouldn't look at them flippantly and just sort of ignore them or pass over. Am I doing that with this direct command to grow? Am I taking that seriously? I need to be doing that.
3: Yeah.
1: Paul uh, commended the church at Thessalonica, which I think was probably a really good congregation. And he said in 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 3, We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. And so here's here's a here's a congregation that Paul knew. He knew their their situation, uh, and uh, he was commending them. Their faith was growing exceedingly, which is a great thing. And and if that could be said about the congregations where all of us, you all who are listening tonight, and uh, Jacob and I, and Kyle here at College U, if if we could have it said about our local congregations where we're members. That our faith is growing exceedingly. Man, that'd be high commendation.
0: All right. 877 381 4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We need to uh, desire that growth. We need to understand it is an
1: imperative. The first thing that we had on our list, we talked about some necessary ingredients for personal growth, and we asked uh, uh, for comments about the desire to grow. Um, again, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of parallel here between physical and spiritual, but we want to see a baby grow. We, in other words, when there's a newborn baby in the house, newborn babies are so precious, and we love to hold and cuddle them. Uh, and and every once in a while, you'll hear a parent or a grandparent, will say, oh, man, I just love to I just love a baby to stay a baby I can hold it and rock it. No, no, you wouldn't want that because if the baby stayed a baby you'd be rushing to the doctor and saying, "What's wrong with my baby? He's not growing." Yeah. Uh and and so we there we know that physically a child must grow uh and 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 actually you know children even want to grow. They 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 desire to be able to reach new Capabilities. For instance, you know, uh, you see a toddler and he wants to walk. Uh, you see a teenager and he wants to drive a car. Uh, you know, th- there's a desire to mature and develop in the physical world, and we need to have that same kind of desire spiritually.
0: Uh, Kent in Georgia sent in his comments tonight, he said, There must be a desire for that of personal spiritual growth, a desire. And he references First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, where we read, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as e- newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Notice that that verse even contains the word desire. Desire, that sincere milk of the word, because it will make us grow. And the verse 3 there is sort of the idea of You had a taste of it. You know what value and benefit there is. You ought to want more and more of it. And so we need to have that desire. Like a a newborn baby wants that milk and happy until they get that milk. And uh, we need to be the same way spiritually. Have that strong desire. Uh,
1: We cannot be content to just stay at an infantile spiritual level. And I'm I'm concerned that that happens too often, you know, And, and. Sadly, sometimes you see folks who are just really excited to initially learn the truth, but then it's like they, they flame out pretty quickly thereafter. That's, that's just the starting point. We, want, we, we should have a desire to grow and mature, to, to be stronger, to be more knowledgeable, uh, to have greater capabilities of service in the Lord's kingdom that needs to be a really strong craving, a desire on our part. All
0: right, we're going to get a break. When we get back, uh, well, desiring, it's one thing, but uh, there needs to be some other stuff to go along with it. Yeah. Uh, so one of those is spiritual nourishment. Uh, so we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. We'll take your comments uh, during the break. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. You might miss something. The Virtual Bible
4: Study continues right after this. Me again, Mike Smith at the College of Church of Christ.
3: Let me ask you some more questions. Do you remember when the pulpit was used for the purpose of convicting sinners and teaching them how to be saved? Are you tired of preachers who seemed more inclined to entertain their audience than to teach them the truth? Does it seem that sermons you are are hearing each week could as easily be given in a PTA meeting or a social club? Do you remember when sin was called sin? At the end of the sermon, you knew, by book, chapter, and verse, what the preacher was talking about and why. Well, we're still preaching the old Jerusalem gospel that you read about in your Bible. We invite you to investigate for yourself. Please come and see this Sunday at the College of Church of Christ at 930 a.m. on Hampshire Pike.
1: Here's some quotes worth pondering. When you face a problem, a conflict, or a crisis, do what you can. Do the best you know how, and then move on with the knowledge that this is all that anyone can do. The storm also beats on the house that is built on the rock. At the timberline, where the storms strike with the most fury, the sturdiest trees are found. Sometimes you can know which way you're headed by looking at the crowd you're traveling with.
4: Man, wish I'd said that. See, I told you we'd be back. The virtual Bible study
0: continues. And we're back on the program tonight as we talk about cultivating spiritual growth, especially in these times of crisis when things aren't like they normally are. What are we doing to make sure... Uh, that we are growing. We talk about the desire to grow. Uh, I think inherent in that is we need to realize uh, the need to give emphasis to that and give it a priority that we are working on our spiritual growth. And so we're talking about that on the program tonight. But uh, just having the desire is one thing, uh, but there's some more things that go along with it. You know, that seed that I buy at the store for my garden, that corn seed or that bean seed, it wants to grow. I mean, it's, uh, it, it is ready to go. But just the desire of the seed to grow doesn 't mean i 'm going to have a crop i 've got to do something else too yeah,
1: and, and I tell you something, Jacob, that desire needs to be maintained i don 't care how long you 've been a christian uh, you 've got to still have that strong desire. Paul did in Philippians chapter three verse twelve, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of of God in Christ Jesus. Here's Paul. And I, I think all of us would just judge Paul to be a tower of spiritual strength. He said, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. I have not attained. Yep. I have not. Uh, I'm, I'm not there yet. And so uh, we need to maintain that desire for spiritual growth. And in fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, let him that thinketh he stand to take heed lest he fall. You're never there. Yep. You've got to maintain that desire to get better spiritually all the time
0: kevin says uh, if our gardens started but then all the plants withered we would wonder what was wrong yet many plants in the vineyard are withering without us being overly concerned
1: good point uh, Kevin.
0: yeah it's got to be a priority we've got to make sure that there is adequate
1: growth i got uh, another email here jacob from uh, daniel uh, down in florida uh, and he references on this desire we need to have desire for growth he mentions matthew 5 verse 6 those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. That's, That's a good a time.
0: good idea there. Good thought. And, yeah. and then he
1: also mentions uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 2, which we mentioned, desiring the
0: sincere milk of the word. Thank you, Daniel, for those comments. Glad to hear from you tonight. Um, so... If we're going to grow, uh, the next thing you suggested for us, uh, tonight in order to make that accomplish?
1: Well, you gotta, you gotta have the food. You gotta be nourished, uh, to grow. Again, there's a lot of parallel here between the physical, physical growth and spiritual growth. And we know physically, if a child's to grow, they have to receive nourishment. And it's gotta be proper nourishment. You know, uh, you wouldn't to a newborn baby, or even for that matter, Uh, you know a a, a little bit older baby you wouldn't just feed them sugary snacks all day long Mm -hmm. and expect them that they're going to mature and develop physically the way they should Uh, new parents are very very extremely careful about what you know the baby eats Uh, and that's that's the way it should be and that's the way it's got to be for us I was watching a video uh, that someone sent me, a link uh, from a church not too far from here. And uh, it was shocking, the kind of stuff that's being put out as gospel preaching and teaching. It, right here in Middle Tennessee, there's just some crazy examples of, of, the, of the unsound teaching, uh, which constitutes corrupted spiritual
0: food. We've got we to have nourishment, but it's got to be proper nourishment. Uh, I like what Kent said. He said, There must be proper spiritual nourishment. James 1, verse 21, which says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And so, if I'm going to grow, it's going to be that word, the the, the uh, pure word of God. And James, uh, Kent goes on and says, if one if one receives anything other than the truth of God, one will not grow, but rather be led away into error. And so we've got to demand that. You know, it's not people's think so's. It's not what some doctor said somewhere, or some scholar, or some professor. It's the uh, the sincere milk of the word, the pure, undefiled word of God, Kyle. That's going to make, make me grow.
3: Uh, it's like your own children. I mean, you wouldn't, instead of handing them milk, you wouldn't hand them a bottle of, you know, hand them Sundrop or a bottle of Coke, just to nurse on that. It's just, we do what is most nutritious for us, and what is proven best is the word of God. So we just, uh, we live by God's word, we apply it to our lives, and besides of, you know, going out to fast food every night, you wouldn't eat McDonald's for three square meals a day. Well, it's not a square meal by any means. But <laughs> <laughs> for three meals a day at McDonald's, uh, yeah. buying Big Macs for the whole family for every meal. So it's just – that's common sense. And I think sense is what we hear from God's words. It's, it's the it's the best thing you can do for your body, for your body exactly. and your soul.
0: And uh, Kevin says uh – Many of us are getting more, much more Bible study in these times, lots of additional studies throughout the week at various times of day in various places around the world. I was even able to hear a couple studies from the Philippines. So Kevin's using his time wisely there. And, uh, and hey, realizes you know, I the importance think I, what Kevin mentioned
1: there, I think I've seen some indications of that too, even on our websites and, and access to, to the media that we're putting out there. Uh, people People are hungry right now, and that's a good thing. But you got to feed that hunger, and uh, as Kevin says, there's some great opportunities out there. Lots of people are putting content on the internet more so than ever before, I think. And uh, man, avail yourself of that.
0: Guest 3295 says, "I enjoy listening to sermon podcasts. It's really easy to do and helpful to keep your mind on spiritual things." Yeah, um, and and I think a really great time
1: for that is when you're driving down the road, mm-hmm. and you know most most newer cars you can you can actually connect your phone to your radio and and listen over the car audio. You, you know how to do that? I do. I said do. All right.
0: Yeah, but yeah, why why not do that instead of listen to well filth and the music today or even the talk radio. That gets you sort of spun up on things that probably aren't all that important. An article I found says do this self
1: test to check whether you're getting spiritual nourishment. How much time did you spend this week watching TV? How much time did you spend on some hobby or outside interest that may not be immoral, but is not that critical either? Contrast How many hours did you spend studying your Bible? Uh, how how much? And and this this article was obviously before the, these lockdown times, but we might modify what the author asked. How much time did you spend looking for? Valuable content on the Internet that you could watch. Um, which do you nourish best, your physical body or your spirit? Uh, they're just uh, the, the idea. Of, and, and I really like that verse that Daniel mentioned, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. That's the way we need to be. We need to have a great craving for spiritual things. We remember in Acts 17, verse 11, that the Bereans were commended because they searched the scriptures daily whether the things they were being taught by Paul were true. And so it wasn't, you know, an hour a week. you know They, they dug the scriptures out and studied them every day. They searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so.
0: You know, in 3 John, verse 2, uh, John wishes something for Gaius that would probably be a death curse for many of us. He said of Gaius, beloved, I wish above all things that thou may mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. You know, if if, if that were to happen to some of us, we'd be laid up in a hospital on life support right now because we're just not concerned. Now, we're concerned about our physical health and uh, making sure we get exercise and, and nutrition and sleep and all that, but... Our spiritual health is sort of an afterthought sometimes. And, uh, John knew about Gaius that he w- had that as a priority. And if he could just get his physical health in line with what his, his spiritual health was, he would have been in a great shape. Uh, and that needs to be our, uh, our position as well.
1: Real quickly, let's, uh, we're gonna talk so much we'll run out of time tonight, Jacob, on some of these other points we want to cover. What about, you, if you're gonna, physically you need exercise. Yeah, uh, if, if you're gonna, Become better at whatever you got to practice it physically. Mm-hmm. Same is true spiritually. We got to exercise uh, if we and we got to we got to make out a priority to exercise our faith. All right. Um, uh, for instance, uh, in Hebrews chapter five, uh, verse fourteen, it says, "Those who are fool those who are of full age by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil." And so in addition to taking in nourishment, then we've got to use it. We've got to put it to work, and we've got to exercise our faith. 1 Timothy 4, verse 7 says, exercise yourself toward godliness. Uh, Some of the ways we would exercise ourselves is looking for opportunities to teach someone, engage in religious discussion. Certainly, we exercise ourselves when we apply ourselves in Bible study. In other words, we don't just sit back and, and let, let people throw it at us. We actually ourselves de- determine to search out Bible truth. Uh, we, we exercise our faith when we pray. And so there's things like that we need. So we need to be fed, but then we need to, to, to ourselves, exercise our faith.
0: Do it put it into practice. Yeah. You know, you think about uh, you think about sports and maybe your your kids uh, on some kind of ball team and uh, and they go to practice. Well, what do they do in practice? They don't just sit around and talk about, well, here's how you throw the ball and here's how you run from here to there. And you
1: don't just sit back and watch somebody else throw the ball. Yeah,
0: right. Oh, look at that guy. See, he threw it well. You know, look they they got a goal. No. You get out on they get out on the field and they say, okay, here's what you do, do it, yeah, until it gets to me. I, I know when
1: when you boys were playing ball and I was coaching baseball, well, the first thing that we did in every practice session is get out and, and have two, you know, pair up in twos, throw the ball back and forth. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you got to practice. You got to do it. You got to put
0: it into practice. Yeah. Kent in Calhoun, Georgia says we must as individuals involve ourselves in the study of the Scripture, Second Timothy chapter two. Verses 15 and 16. Uh, so he says you need to be studying. You need to, uh, to, to give diligence to that uh, in order to be growing. Yeah. And so I like I, th- I think that's
1: a really good analogy. You you don't just watch people teaching. You try to teach yourself. And that may not be in a public role. It may be in a one-on-one conversation with someone. But you exercise your faith. If you're going to grow,
0: you got to put it to work. And the Horwath family in the chat room says Hebrews five and six shows us what can happen if we don't grow. Apostasy is very a very real danger. We must grow. Uh, Hebrews chapter five verse fourteen talks about that strong meat that belongs to those who are full of full age and who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil, which we talked about. Uh, and so, and then goes on in verse in chapter six there of Hebrews uh, to talk about the fact that uh, the, again that idea as he mentioned there or she uh, mentioned of uh, the apostasy. Yep. So appreciate that. Yeah, exactly right. Yep.
1: Let's grab a break. And when we come back, we got one more thing we want to talk about. And that is you gotta, you gotta invest the time and you got to take the time. This, this kind of spiritual growth that we're talking about, just doesn't happen with a snap of a
0: finger. And Kevin has taken the excuses off the table tonight. And he Chatt- sure. says, it is so simple to even have your electric Bible read to you, your electronic Bible read to you. Easy study time. You don't even have to read anymore. You can just let it talk. Hey, to you. Kevin, I got to
1: tell you, I do that on my daily Bible readings. Oh yeah, I have the Bible with me, but I let I let the the program on my phone read it, and it keeps me it keeps me focused. My mind doesn't wander away, and I don't. I I, I you got and actually this is I, I probably shouldn't tell everybody. this. My Bible software allows me to speed up the reading speed. Oh yeah, I read it at double speed, and I'm telling You got to stay with the guy. Or, or he'll leave you behind. And, and that helps me stay focused. So on
0: you it. got like this chipmunk that's reading to you. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. And, but, and then you read along with it as yeah. it's, as it's talking. Yeah. Oh, interesting. There you go. Technology. All right. We're going to get a break and we'll get your comments on their side. This week's bullet point is next. And then we come back. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue. There's more of the virtual
4: Bible study to come after these important messages. Stay tuned.
1: This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Here's a challenge for you. Try to find a single place in the scriptures where the Lord ever encountered a person and encouraged him to stay as he was. You can't do it, can you? The Lord always encouraged people to change, to become better than they previously were. We know, of course, that some were already morally purer than others. For instance, Cornelius was, quote, a devout man who feared God gave alms liberally and prayed constantly. Acts 10, verse 2. But then there were folks like the Corinthians who had been immoral, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, and robbers. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. But regardless of their existing condition, all who learned the gospel had to change. Why? Paul answered that question for us. In Romans 3, verse 10, he says, there's none righteous, no, not one. There are too many people who call themselves Christians who have never gotten serious about making changes and improvements in their lives. They want to act like they used to act, dress like they used to dress, talk like they used to talk, and so forth. The heart of the problem may be that we have failed to see ourselves as real sinners. After all, it is reasoned, we aren't nearly as bad as many others in our society. We need to stop deceiving ourselves by such useless comparisons. The statistics have never changed, and it still remains true. There's none righteous, no, not one. That being the case, we need to be changing, improving for our Lord. That's this week's bullet point think about it.
5: Warning, this is to make you aware of a disorder plaguing American in the metro area, BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. Many people are not getting enough Bible in their daily lives, are you? Answer the following questions to see if you might be suffering from BDD. Do you answer spiritual questions by saying, I think, instead of the Bible says? Do you depend on religious authors and pastors to tell you what to believe? When Benny Hinn says, this is your day for a miracle." Do you believe him? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you might be suffering from BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. The College View Church of Christ is dedicated to fighting BDD by teaching the Bible. We focus on Christ by following his word. Don't succumb to BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. Fight it by joining us for Bible study on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. As long as there is breath in your body, it is not too late to fight Bible Deficit Disorder. We'll see you this Sunday at the College the Church of Christ.
4: God's Word has the answers. Let's get back to studying it. The Virtual Bible Study rolls along. And we're
0: back. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, find out more about us at our website, com. And uh, don't come at 930 on Sunday morning like you were just instructed to do in that spot. But, Sadly, no. But 7 o'clock on Wednesday is still valid, only you need to do it online. Yeah.
1: So we're not having a Sunday morning Bible study. We, we might just go ahead and mention that right now. We're not having our Sunday morning Bible study. We're having a parking lot drive-in service at 1030. Yeah. Uh, we've done it for six weeks. It doesn't seem possible. We've done six weeks, and we're planning the seventh week this week, this Sunday morning at 1030, Lord willing. If you're ne- if you're in the Middle Tennessee area and you're needing a place to worship, maybe the congregation where you are has not been able to to meet, or has canceled services. We invite you to come here, and it's really been an edifying thing, Jacob. I think.
0: And we're fighting Bible deficit disorder in the parking lot. Right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, we're, the, the, your lessons are very, very meaty and good. They're not, you're not just handing out a lot of fluff. Uh, so these are important times, and I uh, definitely want to be uh, want to be doing that.
1: And then at six o'clock on Sunday night, we have a sermon on our YouTube channel. Uh, that YouTube channel is not the one you're watching tonight. This channel is the virtual Bible study. Uh, but we have another channel called College View Livestream and our sermons are there. And so there's a sermon Sunday night on College View Livestream and then we're having a, a Bible study on Wednesday night conducted by Zoom and also on our YouTube channel, College View Livestream. And we're, so uh, we're studying the Book of Acts in our Wednesday night class. So seven o'clock Wednesday night, Book of Acts. We're really having a great study about that, I think. And then on Sunday night, uh, for the last four weeks, and and uh, Lord willing, continuing this week, we've been studying about Bible authority. And those archives are out there, by the way, if you want to catch up on that. Oh, yeah. uh, a Sunday night series on Bible authority and a Wednesday night Bible study on the Book of
0: Acts. Yeah, so those are those Sunday night lessons on Bible authority are very important. If you haven't looked at those, you might want to check those out. Kyle, uh, you're putting those in a playlist, I would imagine, ultimately. Uh, so. Um...
3: Yeah, yeah, which, uh, whenever we... Uh... Yeah, we get a little more organizational time. We'll get everything. I'll get everything filed away in a nice little playlist there for our acts. Yeah, and everything. So, it's our in our uh, yeah our Bible authority playlist. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Get
0: that going. And uh, well, what's your thoughts on the on the drive in worship? Is it worth it? Is it worth the drive? Absolutely.
3: I think it's uh, it's our uh, crowds remain pretty steady. We're getting we had our biggest crowd yeah, ever this last Sunday, and on the days that you would think it was rainy and just miserable, we had. We had great crowds too. So it's just yeah, it's, it's they very came because they wanted
1: to
0: see you get That's soaking it. wet as well, well, out of the you. Well, I tell you,
1: not last Sunday. Well, actually, it'll be three weeks ago this Sunday. We had downpouring rain during, uh, especially as the guys were passing out the Lord's Supper.
0: It was just a literal down. It was all, instead of a drive-in, we almost had a float-in <laughs> yeah, worship service. It, yeah, we had a lake in the parking lot. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, so it's good if you are in the, uh, in the area and maybe, you know, we've had some folks driving over an hour to get here because yeah. they couldn't find some place to worship. Uh, they wanted to be a part of something. So yeah, if you can come, uh, do that. We've got more room in our parking lot. It's getting full and you don't want to slide in here at 1029 yeah. and expect to find a parking spot, but, uh, we have room for you. Come and be a part of that. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. Let me back up. I've missed a couple
1: comments here from Daniel in Florida talking about you need proper spiritual nourishment. He said desire to grow will only work when pointed in the right direction. God gives us the direction and nourishment we need. Second Timothy 3.16, Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. We need every word that God gives us. Amen. And then he says concerning exercise and practice, we must do. What the Lord has told us to do, uh, Matthew 7, verse 24, and, and we will be unskilled
0: if we don't practice what we learn, Hebrews 5, 13, and 14. Real good comments, Daniel. All right, in the chat room tonight, Eric has chimed in. He says, knowledge is foundation, but a necessary ingredient is to pray for wisdom in the application of the knowledge he references i believe james chapter one verse five exactly like we're right, told eric. to pray yeah. for that wisdom thank you for that comment eric yeah exactly right
1: all right we got one last thing and then we want to move on to some uh, uh, some additional important considerations tonight the one more thing that we had was uh... you got a desire to grow you got to have proper spiritual nourishment you must exercise and practice your faith but it takes time you got to be patient it takes time if you want to grow to be a mature christian <coughs> You don't snap your finger and have that happen just overnight. Uh, uh, notice, you, you were just referencing James chapter 1, where we pray for wisdom. But notice, that that's James 1 verse 5. Uh, notice the, the couple verses just preceding that. James 1 verse 3, know this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let patience have her perfect work so that you will become perfect or complete and entire wanting nothing. You've got to be patient. <clears throat> You're not going to be the world's best Bible student the first day that you decided you were going to devote yourself to Bible study. Yeah. Uh, lots of us have known people who literally invested their lifetimes into studying the Word of God. Uh, I remember a, a story uh, uh, a woman said to an elderly preacher, she said, I would give my life to be a Bible, to know the Bible like you do. And the preacher said, that's what it takes is yeah. your life. You've yeah. got to devote yourself yeah. to it.
0: All right. Um, OK, so, yeah, give it the, the time. And, you know, as we think about uh, this period of quarantine, life is slow right now, uh, and this it, is probably the slowest that it'll ever be. Yeah, I mean, this is this, this is a once-in-a-lifetime type of thing. Are we using uh, the added time in a way that's profitable? We need to think about yeah. that.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's really true. And also, don't be discouraged if if it doesn't come quickly. And don't even necessarily be discouraged by mistakes that you have to correct. Uh, this article had an interesting list. Moses made excuses when God called him to lead Israel out of bondage. David committed adultery with Bathsheba and was rebuked by Nathan. Peter denied Jesus three times. Paul persecuted Christians before he was converted. Thomas doubted Jesus' resurrection. All the apostles forsook Jesus when he was arrested and crucified. Yet all of these are remembered as some of God's greatest servants. And so they 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 fell back from time to time and had to keep, pick up and keep going. And so that's the kind of determination and patience we need to grow spiritually.
0: All right. We look forward to your comments tonight. Anything from, oh, uh, okay, we got here for time. Uh, Kent says, we must remember that learning the scriptures involves devoted study. Such takes time and will not be accomplished in just one setting. We need to exercise patience with ourselves and others. Thank you for that, uh, Kent. Uh, anything from Daniel on that one? Uh,
1: yeah, let me get down. I think Daniel's got a comment there. He says, uh, time and patience. Hebrews twelve eleven the benefits of chastening come after one is chastened. Luke six verse forty, though those uh, who are perfectly trained will be like their teacher. And I, in my experience, he says that takes a lot of time and patience. Well, thank you for that, Daniel. Appreciate that. Um, all right, let's uh, move quickly to yeah, the, we need to move uh, to the, to the second question. What can local churches do? Uh, in in these areas that we've been discussing uh, and again the the areas are desire nourishment exercise and patience what can local churches do to help individuals, maybe in particular, Jacob, individuals who are weak in the faith and who may be especially struggling in this time of crisis? Uh, and and how how can we work around some of these limitations on meetings uh, and, and public assemblies and so forth?
0: That question, let's start it off with Kent because he has some good comments here. Provide Bible-centered preaching and teaching that members of local New Testament churches may be made aware of. Uh, their personal obligations. Uh, How do limitations on meetings and assemblies impact these? Realization of the difference between collective and individual responsibilities. A local church does have the responsibility to preach, teach, and defend God's truth. 1 1 Timothy 3, verse 15. However, as individual Christians, we have the personal responsibility to make application of the Scriptures to our lives. James 1, verse 21. No one else can accomplish that on our behalf. And so, he says Bible-centered teaching, and that teaching needs to be personal and direct to emphasize that, hey, you need to do something with what you've been told.
1: Yeah, I, I really like that. I think kids are on, on track there because if I'm just hearing feel-good messages all the time that, that never never put any responsibility or obligation on me, I don't think I'll grow from that. I, I think that's one of the limitations of constant positive preaching Positive preaching is great. We all like to do positive preaching. But if we never get the kind of preaching that puts the onus on us to act, uh, then we won't grow. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, uh Daniel says, by the power of the gospel, the church can help to produce desire and nourish growth. First Timothy three verse 15. We are able to encourage each other and work together in doing what God has commanded. Uh, Uh, and by investing time and patience in others can mean the difference between growth and unfaithfulness. Uh, He says in these times of limitations on our meetings and assemblies, it's easy to grow lax, to become distracted and discouraged and not be seeking the kingdom first as Matthew six, verse 33 says that we should. All right. So I think, I think that's really a good observation. Uh, but I, I guess just before we go to our last break here, Jacob, I just want to really stress to us all in local congregations everywhere and various of you all who are listening who will be members of the, those various congregations. I think it really behooves us to be especially sensitive to folks who are on the fringes, to, to members who were already weak and struggling before this began. Uh, I'm seriously concerned that some were going to slip between the cracks. You know, they weren't doing well. But now, you know, they're, they're going to get in the habit of not coming on Sunday night, not being here on Wednesday night, maybe spending one hour on Sunday morning. And that's, that's a recipe for spiritual disaster if we let it happen. So we need to be really conscious of those folks. And you know who they are in the congregation that you're a member of. You know who are the folks that are just just you know barely hanging on by the skin of their teeth and that was already that
0: way before man snatch them out of the fire all right dwight says time is important but as the hebrew writer said by this time you should be teachers but you have need of milk so dwight says you know time is important but we many of us have been given the time we need to be capitalizing on that
1: yeah no, you can't you can't use that as an excuse forever say well i, I just uh, I'm, I'm
0: still babe. Haven't had time to grow. Well, that that excuse doesn't doesn't work for for very long. All right. Good to hear from Dwight tonight. Uh, Dwight's been a part of some of our studies online here on Wednesday nights, even though he's from far away. The marvels of technology. Good to have Dwight with us again tonight. We're gonna go uh, to a break uh, and get our final break for the night. Go to the top of the hour. When we get back, uh, we're gonna change gears just a little bit. Yeah. When we get
1: back, let's talk about as various states and localities are beginning to reopen. How should churches
0: proceed to get back to normal? And we'll get that on the other side. Stay tuned. We're back right after this.
4: Got a question about something you've heard on the virtual Bible study? Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com.
6: We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Lane Crawford, a member of the College Church of Christ. If you've never visited with the College Church of Christ, you may be wondering what our worship services are like. One thing we have at every worship service is music. We believe God has commanded that music be a part of our worship, but something you may notice about our worship is that the music we have in our worship is different than the music used by many in the religious world today. The music we worship God with is strictly vocal. We don't believe God has commanded us to worship Him with instrumental music. Therefore, since we want God to approve of the worship we offer Him, we only worship in the way that He has specified. In Colossians 3.16, God instructs, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Instructions like this, in which only vocal music is commanded, are the only instructions we can find in the New Testament. Since God didn't tell us that He wanted us to worship Him with instrumental music, how can we be sure that He wants that kind of worship? We do know that if we worship God like He prescribed with vocal music, that He'll be happy with that kind of worship. We hope you'll make plans to visit with the College Church of Christ to learn more about what our worship is like. We'd love to have you join us in worship of our Creator this Sunday at 9.30 a.m.
1: We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. At Life Church, based in Edmond, Oklahoma, visitors can chat with friends, volunteer on a prayer team, and watch live sermons. And while Live Church has 27 physical locations in eight different states, a new member doesn't have to travel to any of them to do all those things because Life Church offers an entire functioning church online that serves about 70,000 people every week. That information is via blog.keptira.com. The Word of God says in Acts 20, verse 7, and upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them.
4: How about logging off of Facebook and getting into God's book? The virtual Bible study continues. And
0: we're back on the program. We've been talking about cultivating spiritual growth. And uh, just to wrap that up, it is important at all times that we're cultivating spiritual growth, but especially at times like this. Our faith will be challenged and tested, and we need to make sure that it is strong. And so we've got to give attention to that and be devoted to that. And so uh, we, we need to be reminded of that at this time now. As we go back to your final question, the
1: final question was, so this this situation continues to evolve. And now we've reached a point where, for instance, here in Tennessee, some of our lockdown restrictions are being eased up, thankfully. Uh, And so there'll be some decisions to be made concerning how do we get back to a more normal uh, type of assembly where we meet in our. Church buildings where we have Bible classes, uh, divide up for the kids to go to the classes that are appropriate to their ages. Uh, what do we do? How do we reopen? I, you know, Jacob, when this all started, one of the things that was a, a strongly a consideration is we want to present a right appearance to our community. Uh, we want them to know that we, we're committed to serving God, but we're also committed to love our neighbor and, and, and protect him. And we thought that the parking lot provided us opportunity to do both that to show that we concern, we're trying to honor the government instructions, uh, protect people from the spread of the coronavirus, but also to show we're committed to worship, even if we have to go to an extreme to do it. So one of our considerations here at college view was that we wanted to put a, a good foot forward in the community. I think that still continues to be a consideration as we unwind this thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, because that really doesn 't depend on what the Governor says or what the President says, but it, it depends on what 's the public opinion uh, of what we do now again we gotta worship, we've, gotta, we've got to worship we've got to we 've got to assemble, uh, but we can do it in a way that uh, is uh, acceptable to those around us
1: yeah Another thing to factor in is the comfort level of our own members and the people who might potentially visit with us in our assemblies. I'm pretty sure. In fact, I got a, I got a little hint of this by some, some text messages that some of us here at College you ex exchanged earlier today. I got the idea that people are not feeling real comfortable about getting back into the church building uh, in a closed environment, uh, at least not yet. That's got to be factored in. How, how do our own members and people who might you – know, we've had visitors to our parking lot service every Sunday from our community –
0: would they come inside, you know, right now? So uh, I think we've got to think about that. You know, we have made the argument for years that a church building is an expedient. You could meet by a river. You could meet in a, a rented building. You Unrish could meet in a, a home. But a church building is an expedient where they get's a good way to get the job done. It's not an expedient right now. It is. It is detrimental to be in a church building for many. And we, and that has to be part of the equation. I wonder how long that will last, but that is
1: the reality right now, I think. Yeah. And, and you got to deal with the reality. All right. So there,
0: there are better ways to meet than in a, in a, in a building right now. Uh, Kevin says, we're going, we are going forward slowly, just a few at the building on Sundays currently. We expect to see only about 50% when the doors are first reopened. He goes on, he says, the church needs to assemble, uh, pro- provide the opportunity to assemble. Uh, and so um, uh, certainly uh, that is true. He said the elders here made a posting about slowly returning to worship. It honestly shocked a few who are becoming used to the current situation.
1: Man, and that's what I, that's what something I'm worried about. Uh, what Kevin just mentioned there is that people are going to get used. To, you know, it's, it's kind of nice. And we've mentioned this in previous weeks as we've been discussing. It's kind of nice for folks that, you know, you can on Sunday night, Wednesday night, you can stay home, uh, in your comfy pants, sit on the couch, maybe even have a snack, uh, while, while you're studying the book of Acts or listening to a sermon about Bible authority. Uh, and I'm concerned that some people are going to say, I like that. I like that's easy. Let's do it that way. And, and I don't think it gets the job done as well, not nearly
0: as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe, maybe that is some of the, some of the after effect here that we need to be aware of uh kent says uh recognize that the new testament is our only means and standard of authority the word of god places the obligation to obey civil law romans 13 verse 1 however we are only authorized to obey civil law insofar as it does not conflict with the word of god we also need to recognize and respect the autonomy and independence of local churches when it comes to matters of judgment we as individuals or local churches do not have the right to bind matters of, ju- of judgment on others. You know, that's something that you need to be aware of. As, as as we look to getting services back to normal, there's going to be a lot of judgment in that. Yeah. Is it this week or is it next week? Is it yeah. this month or is it next month? Yeah. Uh, and, and when we go in, how do we do it? Uh, we've got to be ready to, to yield in those matters of judgment, Kyle, because there can be just as many problems with, Changing the assemblies as there were as there are with changing them back to the uh, to the normal, and we have got to be aware of that.
3: Yeah, um, it's, it's a tenuous time ahead. I think it's just we have to make sure that we're putting the thoughts and needs of our members first and foremost, but our uh, community outlook as well. So just we need to make sure we pace ourselves. I'm not I'm, myself personally. I think we need to make sure that we're uh, our pacing. Our way into uh, getting back in the building. I want to be back in the building, of course, but we just make well, sure that we're but doing that. the best. thing
0: is, the thing is, here we have the the ability to meet Absolutely. in the parking. If, if, if there, it was it was get in the building or not meet, then we'd say let's go in the building. But we have a way to get it done in an expedient fashion, and I think there's some benefit there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, go
1: ahead. I, I don't have the. I don't. I don't really have a good answer to how we get it back to normal. Uh, I think. People are probably a little more scared than they need to be, although I don't want to get off into the politics of it. But I think I think we the the authorities have done a pretty good job of conditioning us to really be afraid. And I'm not sure that the fear is all that much deserved in the whole state of Tennessee. There have been less than 200 people who have died. More than that have died of other uh Health complications. Way more than that, have died of other health complications in the same amount of time, and so I'm not sure that the fears necessarily justified, but it's real, and that's the deal. I mean, it, it there's a, there's a concern there on the part of people, and we got to acknowledge that.
0: All right, Mohan says it may be helpful for churches to do sermons on why normal times uh, the online worship should not be a permanent thing, uh, as many have may have gotten used to worshiping that way. Uh, Also, maybe for a few weeks, hugs and handshakes may have to be avoided and if possible, or at least uh, be as least congested as possible.
1: Yeah, I I think those are the kind of judgments what Mohan just suggested there are the kind of judgments that we're going to have to be making, how how people come in, where they sit, how they go out, do they hug, do they handshake, you know. do they do the holy kiss? I seriously doubt there will be many holy kisses taking place. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay.
1: But I, Mohan, we're just all but out of time. Mohan asked one more thing that I think is a really interesting question. He says, please see if you can briefly comment on the lawsuits against the governors as a result of extending the lockdowns. For example, a church in Illinois is suing the governor in federal court for extending the prohibition of large gatherings because of the virus cases. What about, uh, no, he says, what about a case where the, a church is suing the government for, for the, for their right to assemble? Uh, there's a lot of politics involved in that question. I, I personally think that our constitutional rights have been treaded upon seriously in the course of all this. Our, our purpose here is not necessarily to discuss constitutional rights. However, I would say, that I don't think it's wrong to to exercise your constitutional or rights as a citizen. Uh, the apostle Paul did that uh, when he appealed his case to Caesar. That is in uh, uh, Acts chapter 25, uh, verse 11. He said he appealed his case to Caesar. We have another, we have more episodes in Paul's preaching work where he exercised his right as a Roman citizen. The one that comes to mind real quickly is in Acts chapter 16 when he had been uh, cast into a prison, beaten and cast into a prison in Philippi. And uh, he let it be known that he was a Roman citizen, and you can't do that to a Roman citizen. And so he called upon his privilege as a Roman citizen. I think we're within – I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, if the government is putting something upon us that the law says they can't do, there's nothing wrong with appealing to the law for
0: your rights as citizens. All right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, you do want to be careful about that, I think, but uh, certainly have the, the right to do that. Yeah. Alright, uh, did you miss any comments in the chat room that you're monitoring over there? No, I did not. Okay, alright. Good discussion tonight. Kyle, glad to be back in the same room with you, even though you are six feet away or more. But, uh, yeah. you, you sound better tonight.
3: Yeah, it's good to be here. I'm, uh, I'm glad we're back and hopefully we can, uh, Hopefully, one day we'll have something more else to talk about besides uh, the
0: coronavirus. Well, but uh, we talked. We, we didn't absolutely. touch on it very much. Tonight. No, we didn't spend uh, but, our whole time talking about it Or even an, an associated lesson. Oh, yeah, about, right, right. Uh, Maybe we ought to
3: talk. No, no, no. It's, I'm, there's, these are obviously
0: very good lessons. And,
1: and well, people are thinking about it, It's it. what's on people's minds. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And, right. and we
0: need to be growing and make it. it a priority. Kyle, thanks yeah. for helping us get on there. All right, and it sounds better tonight when you're behind the controls. I can't. Yeah. Nobody can deny that. That's better. Yeah. There's no doubt about All that. Right.
1: And and I think we're going to say that about our assemblies. They're better when we're in person together in the in uh, in, in a normal setting. But when
0: the wind's not blowing your notes around, what are you yeah, talking? Yeah. I saw a video of
1: a, a preacher in Oklahoma, and the wind. He was preaching outside. And the wind came and actually blew the podium away from
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. The only wind in the building is going to be you talking. That's, That's right. right. When Notice. we get when we get back to normal. That's right. All right. Good discussion, dad. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Jacob. And thank you for being here. Hope you make plans to be back here this next this week uh, this time next week for another edition of the virtual Bible study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.